is Ozark really just kind of a, a Netflix emulation of Breaking Bad, but with Jason Bateman instead of Brian Cranston? It might be. I don't know. Let's discuss. Hello everyone out there in my random casual family. My name is Rodney and this is Random Casual Reviews where we don't need a reason nor do we need the expertise to just talk about the things we like. That's right, you can review things too. First of all, if you're watching one of our videos for the very first time, thank you so much. We thoroughly appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, we would like to remind you that this episode of Random Casual Reviews, along with every episode of Random Casual Reviews, is available as a podcast. That's right. If you like the audio content, but you don't want to see my bearded face, just search Random Casual Reviews in your favorite podcast place. Currently, we're available on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. So just, you know, search and you can find us somewhere, somehow, some way. Also, stay tuned until the end of this video when we're going to give our rating for this episode using our very special rating system. So stay tuned. Today, in anticipation of the upcoming release of Ozark Season 4, we decided to review the episode that started it all. Ozark Season 1, Episode 1. I mean, where else would we start? You know what I mean? Anyway, the show Ozark is on Netflix and it stars Jason Bateman as Martin Bird, a meticulous, frugal, and mostly nonchalant suburban financial advisor that owns his own firm up in Chicago, Illinois. Marty has a cheating wife named Wendy, an antisocial youngest son named Jonah, and to kind of round out the family of cliches, he even has a disrespectful oldest daughter named Sophia. All played respectively by the wonderful Laura Lenny, Skylar Gartner, and then Sophia Hublitz. Hublitz is how I pronounce it. Hopefully that's how you're supposed to pronounce the last name. No disrespect for her. She played the role beautifully. Anyway, though Marty knows that his wife Wendy had been cheating on him for quite some time, he can't really bring himself to care enough to confront her about it. So perhaps, maybe to add a little excitement to his life, maybe to build a little nest egg for him and his family, Marty and his business partner, a man named Bruce, have been laundering money for a drug cartel for the past few years at this point. Unbeknownst to Marty, however, Bruce has been skimming money off the top uh, from this violent drug cartel to the tune of eight million dollars. <laughs> I had to do that. You know I had to. The cartel leader, Camino del Rio, played by a menacing Esai Morales, finds out and descends on Marty's business to start cleaning house. And I'm telling you guys, they kill everybody. They kill everyone. Well, almost everyone. 
You see, why why would this show even even exist? How could we have a show if they killed Marty Bird? Of course they didn't kill Marty Bird. They didn't kill Marty Bird and they didn't kill his family. Because we find out here that Marty has some really good negotiation skills. So he was able to convince the drug cartel to spare the lives of him and his family. But Del Rio, the leader of the drug cartel, ever the the most benevolent soul ever, decides to to uh, spare Marty's life if he can pay back the eight million dollars that was stolen by Bruce. And the other condition is that he has to get the heck out of Chicago and move somewhere far, far away so that um. You know, basically, Del Rio doesn't have to deal with them there in Chicago anymore. So it's it's pretty classic. Pay me my money back and get out of here. You know, you've seen that before. Maybe in things like Pulp Fiction. You know, anyway, I'm not gonna digress on that. I really could, but I won't. Anyway, Marty was actually able to scrape together the eight million dollars. Which can I just say, if my family was in that kind of trouble. Hopefully it only costs $80, maybe $800, but there's no way I can scrape together $8 million. But Marty is able to do it. He was able to scrape together $8 million. But here's what happens. Just as Marty is about to pay back the cartel, he goes to basically find out that Wendy, his wayward wife, took some of the money so that she could run away with her lover, which is crazy. But guess who finds out even before Marty does? Del Rio, the leader of the drug cartel. Del Rio basically kills uh, Wendy's lover, not to be confused with Wendy's husband. Del Rio kills Wendy's lover and then basically holds her at gunpoint and says, Marty, now you have a choice. I can kill her and then you can still run away with your two kids. And still, you know, pay me back the eight million and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And you don't have to deal with your wife anymore. And um, Marty is like, yeah, listen, as, as, as great as that sounds, I'm going to have to. That's that's a, that's a no for me, dog. You, you can't just kill my wife. And that's the kind of man that Marty is. It's like just because she's been cheating on me doesn't mean I don't love her. And, you know, love is complicated like that. I actually admire a depiction of where love is stronger than pride. That's an old Sade song. If you guys are familiar, if you know, you just know. Love is stronger than pride. Love should be stronger than pride. Anyway, Marty says, listen, I love her. Don't kill her. She has to come to the Ozarks with me or we don't have a deal. So anyway, basically, Del Rio is like, all right, you want to take take the, uh, the cheating wife with you? Take her with you. I don't care. Just get out of Chicago and pay me back my $8 million. So from here, the show Ozark is a winding story of interesting characters and violent twists and turns, you know? It's really exciting to watch. Where Marty Bird has to figure out how to set up shop laundering money for the cartel while keeping his family out of danger. So, there's an argument to be made that Ozark follows in the successful footsteps of something like Breaking Bad. Um, so, think about it. Breaking Bad and Ozark is about a brilliant dude from the suburbs that is unable to fulfill his financial needs or unable to fulfill his desires 
doing his legal job, so he uses his brilliance to become a very successful criminal. I think both of these series have commentary about the similarities and often the thin line between legal money and illegal money. It also has commentaries about the dwindling middle class in America, the inadequacies of suburban existence, and perhaps kind of the false image of the American nuclear family. Another similarity between Breaking Bad and Ozarks is something about the actors playing the starring roles. I'm not saying they look the same or anything like that, but both of the lead actors are, were previously known as comedic actors before they took their dramatic turns in their respective series. In my major pain review that I did a few weeks ago, I briefly uh, discussed how in comedy duos, you normally have the comic character who's like, you know, that wacky character that you've seen before. And then you normally have the straight man. So the you know, most comedy duos have, you know, those kind of things working for you, you know, anyway. The comic character, again, is always the wacky one, whereas the straight man is always the one with kind of the deadpan reaction and the sarcastic comment. It's always like that. Brian Cranston established himself as kind of a comedic actor, but as the comic actor, again, if he were in a comic duo. When he played the recurring character of Tim Watley on Seinfeld, uh, but to more even when he played uh, Malcolm's buffoonish father, Hal, on Malcolm in the Middle, before taking a dramatic turn on Breaking Bad, definitely Hal was the comic character in a comedy duo, for sure. Uh, speaking for myself, Brian Cranston's reputation as a funny guy kind of helped his portrayal as Walter White. Like, in the beginning of the series, if you think about it, Walter White seems so so harmless you know yes he was kind of out there he was a weirdo and he got in trouble but is mostly harmless that's what made it all the more jarring when basically he took the turn and kind of broke bad and turned into heisenberg when you i mean think it's like i mean i remember when i was watching it's it like weren't you malcolm's dad not too long ago what are you doing what are you doing selling drugs and cooking meth and killing drug dealers what's wrong with you how you know like <laughs> hopefully you you kind of caught that that i was like being Hal's wife there but anyway 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 ozark kind of does a similar thing for jason bateman but it's a little bit different so jason bateman previously played as michael bluth on arrested development uh, most people didn't realize that Jason Bateman was actually a child actor and it's kind of uncanny how he looks the same way he did as a child. It's weird. But anyway, Jason Bateman, uh, as an adult, played Michael Bluth on Arrested Development. Arrested Development wasn't nearly as popular as Malcolm in the Middle, but it was a really good show. Uh, you should check it out if you ever get a chance. Um, but anyway, that, that role of Michael Bluth by Jason Bateman was a comedic role for sure. But it's really indicative of Jason Bateman's style of comedy. He is a straight man. He is the one that has the deadpan reaction. He is the one that has the sarcastic comment. A comment. He's never the over-the-top type of person. Um, 
Anyway, because of Jason Bateman's brand of subdued comedy, when he becomes Marty Bird, you kind of feel like he's kind of in control of the situation, just like he is in the comedy. He's never the one losing control. He's the one saying like, uh, wait, what? Wait, what? That's that's him. That's his character. I, I have to say, I love dry comedy. So I love Jason Bateman's performances in all of his movies and all of his TV shows because he does a good deadpan expression almost better than anyone. But anyway, I digress. It's really interesting to watch on Breaking Bad. And I know I'm talking a lot about Breaking Bad, but I promise I'm going to tie it all together with a nice little bow to just kind of illustrate the point that I'm trying to make here. So it's, but it's interesting to watch that throughout Breaking Bad, a lot of the, a lot of the danger was the feeling of, oh crap, what dangerous thing is Walter White about to do now? What dangerous decision is Walter White about to make? Oh my gosh, don't do it, Walter. You don't have to do that. A lot of the danger kind of comes down to, to that, where Walter could just leave good enough alone and kind of ride off into the sunset, but instead he makes another decision to make everything a little more dangerous, you know? So Ozark is like that, but again, in a different way, because the comedic actors, they're both comedians, but they're different. So like in Ozark, it's not, oh crap, what dangerous decision is Martin Bird about to make? It's, oh crap, what dangerous thing is about to happen to Martin Bird, and how is he going to get out of this one? If Walter White and Marty Bird were in a comedy duo, Walter White for sure would be the comic, whereas Marty Bird would be the straight man. Look at this image that, that I put here on the screen, and my apologies to the podcast audience, uh, but I'm going to see, also, I'm trying to still see if I could do better with my, with my, um, my editing. I want to see if I could put uh, the image right here in the palm of my hand. But anyway, look at this image here. It's a picture of Brian Cranston as Walter White before he shaved his head. And when you look at that, doesn't that kind of remind you of Hal from Malcolm in the Middle? I mean, they can almost be believable as the same person. And I know it's the same actor, but that's not the reason. It's because you expect the same kind of decision making from both of these characters. Whereas one is a harmless situation and one is a dangerous situation, but they still just run off half cocked and don't realize the mess that they're making. Now look at this image. And again, I'm going to see if I can, I can see if I can put it in the palm of my hand. This is a test to see if I can, here we go. Let's see if we can do that. But anyway, look at this image here. And again, my apologies to the podcast audience. This is a picture of Jason Bateman as Michael Bluth. But again, this photo could be believable as Martin Bird because again, I know it's the same actor, but it's also, it's because of the characters. It's not just the actors, in my opinion. It's like, a, I think to me, it kind of illustrates really the close relationship between comedy and tragedy or levity and danger. Anyway, with Ozark and Marty Bird, the real danger, again, comes from the fact that all these things are happening to him and he is not going to overreact. So again, his character is so interesting because all of his adversaries on this show are equally as smart as Marty Bird is, equally capable and equally as pragmatic as Martin Bird is. Because again, you never see him kind of going over the top. That's what makes it so interesting. All of the adversaries look at him and say, 
you're a strange fellow. You're not really going to overreact to this. And for some reason, it makes them even more menacing because now it becomes like a chess match. You know, all of his adversaries are smart. The difference is his adversaries are also violent. So Marty Bird is like, is just out of his element, but still very pragmatic about it. Anyway, despite the similarities between Breaking Bad, um, somehow Ozark still feels fresh. Admittedly, some of that freshness is due to the fact that it's a completely different cast, but it's also because of the setting of Ozark. There are a lot of shows out there that take places in dangerous locations like uh, the U.S.-Mexico border, uh, as it is with Breaking Bad, or the inner city of Baltimore, as it is with The Wire, where the, where the setting of the show is basically an inherently dangerous character in and of itself. Ozark takes place in rural Missouri. I know, I know what you're thinking, right? Rural Missouri, what's so dangerous about that? And that's kind of, to me, another smart decision on the part of the, the makers of this show, where we as Americans, we haven't been trained to view rural America as a dangerous place, but of course it is. And really what it comes down to, at least for me, it made me think honestly, like no place anywhere is safe for everyone. How safe you feel has less to do with where you are and has more to do with who you are and I guess what you're capable of. All that being said, who I am is I am a proponent of the old adage, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know what I mean? If something works, then it just works. Just leave it alone. That whole, you know, take a rich dude out of the suburbs and put him in danger thing just kind of works. It just works. Ozark just works. Anyway, I'm not the only one who thinks so. Uh, the review website Rotten Tomatoes gives the entire first season of Ozark a rating of a rating of 81%? Isn't an 81% like a C? I think that's a C. Somebody help me out. I'm pretty sure 81 is a C, which I guess that makes it average. But you know what? That's where we come in. Here at Random Casual Studios, we don't use vegetables and we don't use letter grades. We use our own rating system. We give season one, episode one of Ozark, a rating of five out of five disrespectful older daughters that will probably call you by your first name. What? Who? I mean, let's. I I know. I know. It had to be tough finding series-related trophies for this show. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot going on, but still, who comes up with this stuff? Who wrote that? <laughs> huh. Uh, anyway, what series-related trophy would you have given this show? Uh, what did you think of Ozark? Are you ready to take another comedian out of the suburbs and turn them into a criminal? I mean, personally, I wouldn't mind seeing, I don't know, Dave Chappelle. Maybe, maybe Patton Oswalt. I wouldn't mind seeing these guys turn into criminals. That would be exciting to me. Anyway... Now that I think about it, some, some of these ideas will hit too close to home. I'm talking to you, Tim Allen, 
Anyway, I digress. Not in the script. Sorry about that. Uh, anyway, tell us what else deserves a random casual treatment. Comment down below, like, subscribe, and tune in next week for another episode of Random Casual Reviews. I'm having so much fun doing this, guys. Thank you so much. Have a great day, and thank you for watching.